Uh, happy Wednesday, everybody. I am Emily Schramm, nutritional therapy practitioner, entrepreneur. I love this podcast so much. Meathead Hippie podcast has been kind of my, I don't know, my love of everything, meathead and everything hippie. And that means that sometimes our conversations are hippie and sometimes they're meathead and sometimes they're a little bit of both. And I have so much loved where I'm at in life and everything that's happening right now that this is a podcast of quite literally everything. So I want to run through a list of what it's about so it, it can be helpful before you dig in because we go all over the place. I invited Lauren Kodike, Dr. Lauren Kodike, a chiropractor here in Denver, but from New Zealand. She's been a big part of my body awareness project. She's been on a podcast with me before. Uh, She's just incredible. One of my dearest friends. And we just, for me, it's all about this conversation of connection and also inquiry and curiosity. And I hope it inspires you guys in so many different places in your life to think about it, have these conversations with someone, send it to somebody so that you can talk about these deep topics, whether it is the hippie shit or whether it's the motivation or whether it is the growth, whatever it is, I think that there's so many good conversations to have And I'm just honored to bring it to you with Dr. Lauren, who's just a powerhouse. So what we talked about today, of course, the new moon, which is today, if you do not know. So set some intentions. The cycle that we just kind of went through, which for me was pretty transformative the last seven months especially ending with Mercury retrograde, what that means, what that feels like, how that could maybe sit with you or feel with you. And then also this kind of concept of people that are really motivated and then the people that have a really hard time surrendering, being different than the people that feel like they can go with the flow but have a hard time getting motivated and what that can look like and how there's no wrong or right, but maybe you're one of the two. You're not, you know, you're looking at people that are motivated, envious of that, but realizing that you have such a gift and surrender that the people that are highly motivated need to work on. Uh, And then what we really got into and what I'm most excited about is something that I have talked about on my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram at Emily Schramm, you'll notice that things have gotten very poetic and hippie because I'm in the middle of writing my book. (laughs) So it's not a book that you are going to expect coming from a personal trainer and nutritional therapy practitioner, which is why I'm so obsessed with it. But it really is this conversation that has to be had about female to female interaction, the competitiveness, the the cattiness, the support, the magic, and all of the in-between, where it comes from, how we can do better, and what we can do in our own lives that might help us figure out where that's coming from. And when we talk about vulnerability and security versus insecurity and jealousy or envy, I just don't see this being a safe place to talk about and how quickly we bubble ourselves into whether it's unfollowing or algorithms or uh, this is what I like and I don't really want to be a part of anything else. This feels safe and comfortable how that sometimes can become a problem. So I think it's a good conversation to have. No resolve, no lecture, just curious. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. All right, enjoy the show. Dr. Lauren, live in my, what do we call this room? 
my altar room. Hmm. Does it feel like an altar room? It definitely. The energy in here is amazing. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank I you. am bringing back Meathead Hippie Podcast with a bang. And I think what that means is usually in my old head, it was like, massively impressive interviews and <laughs> blow my mind and now I'm like just please have a good conversation with me let's go back to what we wanted <laughs> that's a lot of pressure but I'll like try oh, and over deliver we always have good <laughs> conversations so Dr. Lauren Kodike, who I still sometimes refer to as Dr. Lauren I'm so glad you are here I am just like in love with all of our conversations literally the most yeah, high energy, positive person, even though I know to every up there's some downs. So I'm not saying you always feel this way, but every time you're around me, I'm like, oh my God, I need more of your energy in my life. It's a new moon. Mm-hmm. It is a new almost month. I feel like I just came out of the darkness. And, oh. it, and I think we all kind of have related to this. I talked about this quite a bit in my Facebook group of Mercury Retrograde. Today's like kind of the final day. Mm-hmm. Which is a double. What so you said, thankful for that. Double high five. Double high five. <laughs> New moon, end of Mercury retrograde. July in Denver, Colorado is always so hot. It is hot, but I think we have it better than most because it's not humid. True. So. True. 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 But certainly feeling the heat of being in the fire or the darkness or however that's manifested for you, for me, for everyone listening. You know, it's it's been a season. 2019 has been no joke. <laughs> it's, like, been the most insane. So here's your tea. Oh, thank you. I made you Victress with oat straw. Mm. So I mixed it up a little bit. So we'll have to, like, get a little creative about these mics. Mm. I love Victress Delicious. so much. Um, thank you. You're welcome. So for anybody that is new to me, I am Emily Schramm, nutritional therapy practitioner, entrepreneur, coach, trainer, just wanting to help you with these conversations, including this one today, helping you learn a little bit about yourself from the inside out. And I feel like uh, for me with this podcast and just with this overall change of, you know, transitioning from all the things we think we should be, but then becoming who we want to be by truly releasing something that like really came up that I wanted to talk to you about was this quote that I posted from spirit daughter um Mm. Jackie Joe one of my former clients sent it to me and it says uh everything changes once you realize that release and transformation are the same thing and I you know it makes so much sense when you read it you're like oh yeah I want to transform but the let go of oh my God, how do I let go of these pieces of myself? We all want to be so much different and grow. But I don't think in our head at that time, we realize how much we have to let fall away in order to get to that place. And that's like the terrifying. And you are going through this. I am. In real time. In real time. (laughs) And I feel so grateful to have a sister in (laughs) arms, you know, because I know you and I have shared many conversations about you know, our transition and what immediately comes to mind is the very first time as physical beings that we have to let go of something and that's the womb, right? To come in through the birth canal and be birthed. Like we're in this nice, warm, safe, watery environment for nine months and then like all (laughs) systems go, best case scenario, and we're through that birth canal and that is a harrowing experience. Mm. 
and it's tight and it's squeezing and it's uncomfortable and we feel like we get stuck and then we're free of oxygen or uh, da, da, and we come out, you know, in all different shapes and, you know, and forms and health. And then it's the, the journey of being human and this being given a body and being given a life and that is lifetimes <laughs> of opportunities to learn. <laughs> and then we go through that experience again and again and again. I and think again. that's probably the most frustrating piece for people and for myself. It's like as soon as I feel like I got through it, you go through it again and mm -hmm. again and again, which is such a good thing. If you're not evolving, you're dying. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're like, can I just have a couple days? Like, so, you know, it's, it's can sometimes. Can you cut like, me a freaking break? <laughs> <laughs> but yep. you know, it's like, it's always good. And it always, uh, I feel like I'm in a pressure cooker all the time because that's how, that's how I learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So how fast can I learn some of the most profound lessons? I don't know if I would learn them slowly, you know, over time and gradually. I don't know if I'd want to learn them slowly, right? Yeah. Not crazy people like you and I. We <laughs> sign up for like, all right, let's, how can we like get the most done in the shortest amount of time? And what we mean by get most done is like get the most of evolution out of it in ourselves because. And that's our, and that's people, especially people who are already on the path, right? You know, there's definitely, it was so great. So I have to talk about mm -hmm. this appointment that I had yesterday with a pelvic floor specialist. <laughs> so I'm very curious what you know about it. And really, she said it the best. She said, there's really two types of people. There's people that have to learn how to surrender. And there's people that have to learn how to get motivated. So I never mm -hmm. thought of it in two separate categories like well, that. Well, that's because motivation is not a problem. Totally. On this and side it, of the fans. So it's yeah. so good. So I think mm. that's something I wanted to say before we got into this too, because it's like, if you don't relate or you're not quite sure that there's nothing wrong with you, there's just really these two types of categories, how we came into this world, I think. Mm. Um, and neither's wrong. I think it's just sometimes when people are looking at like, why are these people so motivated? That is so not me. Like, I just wanted a little bit of that. That is okay. That's a whole genotype in and of itself wow. versus yeah. us who are, who are like, we can't let go and surrender. <laughs> <laughs> this is so hard. This sucks. You know, so I think there's two types and I think both are beautiful and, and the journey is the middle. It's the, it's yes. the journey of we're, I'm trying to come down while someone else is trying to come up mm -hmm. and vice versa. So there's lessons in both of them. But isn't that interesting? Wow. I never thought of it that way. That, I, that was a bit of a mind blow right there for me. It's <laughs> like totally because I have people in my life where it's like, wow, you know, they're so beautifully in their bodies. They're in their feelings. They're like surrendered to flow. They're able to tolerate discomfort in such a grand way that's inspiring to me. And that's certainly something that in my life I've had to learn how to just sit because I'll always want, my tendency is to always to transform that energy. It's like, how can I take that discomfort and shift into something more uh, propelling? Yeah, because movement. movement and we've talked a lot about on the Body Awareness Project about polyvagal theory and you know, there's a real correlation between nervous system function and where you are in, in your nervous system where uh, movement is 
is the um, compensation. And so for those of us that are easily motivated, yes, our one of the great lessons that will probably come into our life is this lesson of surrender and letting go. And um, I'm so excited for part three, Body Awareness Project. I know. <laughs> we have a tentative date, and I'm nervous to even announce it, but I think it's going to be August 19th. Mm. Fingers crossed August 18th, because 818, and the more eights, the better. The better. <laughs> <laughs> well, August is such a special month, so I just feel like it's so great, and I feel so good for the first time in, since this year began, which is crazy to think about, because we're in our eighth month, mm-hmm. which is like two-thirds plus over. Yeah. A whole year. and But it has been, you know, we have these expectations when we start the year. We have all these hopes and dreams and resolutions in some capacity and numbers that we want to hit, whether that's on the scale or on our lifts or in our business. And then so much happens that I feel like I finally have respect for cycles in a way that, you know, we as humans have to define things all the time. We have to say it's the start of a new year. This is the start of a new me or a new whatever. It's like the universe never works in that way. And I feel like the cycles have been very three months for people based Mm. on what I've experienced and kind of what clients have felt. But it could be three days. It could be three weeks. Like there is no time or duration that makes sense for people because it's all different, you know, and depending on the moon cycles. But for me with this one, it feeling like the last six months have been like the full ability to let go and release all expectations of self and with that, everything that I want to do in this world, right? The expectations that I had of what I should do and how I should operate and what my mission is and realizing, oh, this doesn't really get quite match. Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean? Oh, shit, that means like full chaos and so this whole mercury retrograde like felt like it just showed every dark piece of myself that was still there that I you know had to be gentle with being like I'm not a horrible person for this but I'm seeing everything mirrored back at me that I wow that is how I am that is how I operate I could be better than that and that's you know when we see things we hate about ourselves how easy it easily it is to you know, go into that guilt-shame cycle, but that's why it's so important, like, the conversations we've had of, like, yeah, this is the human experience, mm-hmm. um, and feeling like now that it is new moon, I can set any intention, and literally anything can happen, because I am, you know, the ego has gone away, or the expectations have gone away, which are usually the same, mm-hmm. and now it's like, well, what do I want to do, and now we can set, we can write things down, we can set intentions, we can do whatever it is, because the possibilities truly are whatever you want them to be. Limitless. They really are limitless. So that's, you know, this is much more of a full meathead, the hippie this side. Is the hippie. <laughs> this is the hippie side of the meathead hippie. But I would just love to know your thoughts and your own, if you're feeling that as well, um, some ways to help people if they're in the middle of that and maybe instill mm-hmm. that ugh, icky. Oh, yeah. I mean, we sit out in the beginning of a year usually, and particularly um, I've noticed it be more in the culture of the United States of this New Year resolution, like setting goals, like January. And and I think that might be because it's winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, Um, whereas New Zealand, where I grew up, you know, it's the middle of summer. And so um, it might be 
New Year's resolution, but you're in the middle of summer. Mm. So the energy is totally different. You're already in that like growth phase where I think winter is, is this incubation time of, okay, reflect. How did our last 12 months go? Um, it's, a, it's a time of hibernation. We're much more quiet. We're much more inward. And so it really is the stages set for that, um, that dreaming uh, and, and, and setting intention for the year. And, of course, we set it with, the, with, with such hope and, you know, such uh, enthusiasm and motivation. And, um, and sometimes I think we forget, and this is why I'm excited also to collaborate on your retreat in September, the process, because we can kind of strive valiantly out into, you know, towards our goals, and then all of a sudden we, the rubber meets the road. And what we don't realize, or certainly what I have been learning is that when you sit really, when you shoot for the moon, you know, it's like there's some atmospheric layers you got to go through. And just like a rocket leaving its launching pad, it's like you need a superhuman effort to get out of an atmosphere. We know that. And then once you're in space, it's like you orbit effortlessly, right? But what we know is that it takes the greatest amount of energy to actually exit orbit. And when you're taking your life to the next level, that is certainly where grit, tenacity, resilience, self-compassion, gentleness, personal practices, commitment, habits, everything, you know, that we've learned in our life comes into play because you get tested. It's like the universe is like, how much do you want this? How much do you want this? Are you willing to keep stepping up? Are you willing to keep showing up for really what your heart longs for? Um, and what you will notice is if you've, hmm, what I have noticed is that if I've constructed a goal, dream, desire from the ego space, oh man, I'll get burned. I will get burned because it's not in the greatest alignment with um, how I can best serve in this lifetime. And so what I've learned also <laughs> is for when that happens, it's like to step back in gratitude, humble gratitude, because really that's life taking care of you. That's life going, mm -mm, probably not that road. Mm. Probably not that road. Like okay. come, come home, <laughs> yeah. come back, like to true alignment. Um, you mentioned this earlier when uh, last week of – you know, you're a chiropractor, you work with people, whether they're in pain or injury or some sort of transition with their body that, you know, it's, you just said it so perfectly of this is a redirection. Yeah. You see no accidents. And I really love that perspective that you have. Yeah. I mean, people come into, as a healthcare practitioner, they're coming in mostly, depending what your reputation is in your community, is you know, to be fixed. You walk into a chiropractor's office, like a, what we would call a principal chiropractor or someone who's aligned with, um, you know, our foundational tenants, then you're going to sit in front of a practitioner like myself that sees that the body is not responding in an abnormal, dysfunctional way. It's not doing anything wrong. It's responding perfectly to its environment, whether that be injury or illness. Um, and so really, as 
to to walk that line with someone because they're still coming in for you to fix them, yeah. you know, or to have relief. And it's like, how can you educate? How can you educate them to be aware of what's out of alignment in their life? Because mm. the body is this amazing reflection of your life. It, it's you know, in some schools of thought, it's known as the subconscious mind. Mm. Um, and so when we have dysfunction in our body, it's a call to wake up. It's like, where in my life am I doing X, Y, Z? And um, yeah, I can think of many examples from my own life where my body has yeah. been the perfect reflection of something that needed to shift in my life. And so it's certainly a time to be like, mm, get curious. Be gentle. Be gentle and go into action. It's not like, Take a pill, it'll go away. This is something that came up so strong. If you guys want to know more about uh, Dr. Rachel's story, go listen to our first podcast that we did. Um, the one I the one I wanted to mention though was about how when you so easily find like there's this in between, right? And maybe this is the motivated versus surrender. There's people that are trying to get trying to surrender, and it translates as I'm just going to hit cruise because I don't know how to fully let go and I have to give zero shits because if I give any shits I'm back to crazy mm -hmm. and I have that's the post I just did about um we have at platform strength we have a body fat tester and how you know just kind of I was on it just I tested every six weeks before the cycle or after a trip or before a trip or before site you know just cure getting curious but I realized how impactful it was to stand on it and be like without any emotional attachment to this scale I can't wait to see what those results say even though I've been traveling and on vacation and you know my workouts have been a little sporadic I, I don't care I'm just I need to start somewhere and realizing how huge of a journey it's been from the first time that I ever got got body fast tested and as soon as I got tested I think I was pro probably in middle school like where they pinch your calves or they pinch your stomach just feeling so shameful of my body for the first time realizing that my body looked different than everyone else and now I was comparing and it started at such I probably seven or eight years old of I don't know if that's the same for all cultures but definitely in ours it's like damn that was how young I was and it maybe took 22 23 years for me to get on a scale and be like I don't you know if it comes back and i gain body fat percentage, it's cool. I know why and I know what it can do if I'm really feeling motivated, but what's that in between? What am I able to commit to the next six weeks with the launch of emilystrom.com and bodyawarenesspart3.com? You know, like there's so, and I know what I'm able to give and what I'm not and how so many times it took me, I either give zero shits and I don't care and I don't want to see it at all because as soon as I see it, the crazy's triggered and how many times it's like, well, the crazy's triggered and I'm just going to let it be triggered because I don't, I still don't know the full surrender. So I just felt like if you haven't seen that post, I would highly suggest it kind of like those phases that I see people go through that it's okay. What you just said, you, you have to take action. This, as soon as you hit cruise, there's nothing good that comes from hitting cruise. Mm -mm. You can surrender without hitting cruise. And I think that's maybe the journey. And cruise is like lights off. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that here? Lights on, <laughs> lights off. <laughs> lights on is being 
you know, completely awake and engaged in your life, whether it's difficult, comfortable, uncomfortable, going well, not going well, like, like being with the process as lights on. And then lights off is like tapping out. I'm going to go unconscious. I'm just going to roll with it. It's total like hands off the driving, the, the steering wheel. Um, and so when, you know, I listen and hear you talk about this cruise, I feel in my body, I'm like, oh, that's dipping out. That's totally being like tapped out. It, well, if I'm not doing it right, you know, I'm just not going to do it at all. You know, I like, can totally like see that immaturity, you know, and in, in, in that action. And so it's like, how can you surrender without disengaging from the process? And, you know, that's a, a, a I mean, that deep within the yogic um, philosophy is this accepting what is. And that's surrender right there. It's like, wow. Surrender to what is showing up either externally in your life or in internally. Yeah. You know, because but the, those are two vast worlds. I was thinking of this. This is a big piece of um, what I'm writing about in this book that I'm finally mm -hmm. writing. It's a defense mechanism. So don't, you know, when you're feeling lights off, how many times the guilt, shame, guilt, shame, I can't believe I'm not motivated. I'm so far from where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Why do I not care? It's like, well, you don't know how to care without the crazy. Yeah. And that's okay. That's, mm -hmm. that's the learning that you know, you now can know. And I would argue that lights off isn't necessarily the guilt, shame, because you're fully, at that moment, you're aware that it's mm -hmm. like, I am not where I wanted to be. So it's, the lights off is the what happened between yeah. being motivated and then realizing that, oh, I am, like, I fell off the wagon. Yeah. So it's like, how can we actually have that foundational basic awareness throughout the, every day, like, just as a daily practice, and whether that's meal planning, whether that's committing to a particular time to be working out, whether that's a morning practice of meditation, whether that's connecting with your partner every day before you go to bed, you know, it's like these yeah. daily habits are these, it's small things. Like people ask me, it's like, well, you know, how do you stay so awake or alive or evolve so quickly? And it's about creating the habits of being as awake to life as often mm -hmm. as possible. Ugh. And that means saying yes to the shit that terrifies you, mm -hmm. trying something new, you know, speaking up, saying something in your office, wearing something kind of new and a little bit crazy. I got these new cheetah shoes, cheetah platform mm. shoes that I'm just yes, so obsessed did. with. I'm like, I don't wear these things. I'm wearing these. And I feel so good in them. Nobody else notices. But for me, it's like I every little thing that you do that feels a little two degrees. Yeah off of what your typical is, is growth. Yep. Ugh. And it's filling your bucket. So much. That's it. It's like, because if you fill, you imagine like the 2% fill every day, what you can do in a year. Ugh. It's just phenomenal. Like growth is, is possible at every moment. And it's just, it's little commitment, little commitments. And that, that willingness to change, that willingness to be a little bit uncomfortable. And that's what I love about one of my favorite quotes from Brene Brown is like it's okay to be brave and afraid at the same time Ugh. because anything that takes bravery you know usually that's a 
suggesting that we're outside of our comfort zone just a little bit. You know, it's not about jumping off literally off the cliff. It's about like just being brave in your life and expecting to also be afraid at the same time. And walking out in cheetah shoes <laughs> might be the brave and afraid. It's like, wow, like, is this just a bit much? Uh, uh, but I feel yeah. like a total boss, babe, whatever it is. And, and then it, yes. there's that familiarization. Your system just recalibrates and then it recalibrates. It's kind of like a... Uh, well, in summertime, we can use the thermostat of getting colder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like starting at 75. Am I comfortable at 75? Oh, what if I just make it a bit cooler in here? Can I make it at 73? Can I make it to 70? And it's these, like, if you just throw the thermostat down to 60, it's like all of a sudden you're freezing, you're running around trying to find your switcher, it's like you're totally in discomfort. Totally. But if you just work your system, it's like you crack the door, you close the door, you crack the door, you let a little bit more light in. And then you close it again, and it's this breathing, expansion, contraction, you know, this this cycle mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Um, at least that's what I've learned in my life, and that's that's how to actually engage in growth. Mm. Is we, we can't do it all at once. Otherwise, we break. I love that analogy so, so, so much. I guess if nothing else, like go get a crazy color on your toes at your next pedicure, mm-hmm. right? Like start so small. I know, I went, I went mint chocolate chip. <laughs> you did. I like those. I maybe went tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the main conversation I want to have with you, which we got to get to, um, this is something that has been on my mind. I told in my stories on Instagram, I was like, I'm going to have a conversation about this because this is a conversation that absolutely has to be had. And I think it's just, you know, an open conversation knowing that we're not at resolution. And I think it's just good to talk about. So if you guys have comments, feedback, you know, anything that you want us to expand on, please just either leave a review or have us come, like, email it to us because we want to know. So all of that, support at emilystrom.com. We see all, all of those inquiries and topics and all of the stuff. Uh, so I think one of the best things to start with is just saying that there was a quote that I posted. It said, um, just because I carry it so well doesn't mean it's not heavy. And so I think starting with saying we see people in our life carrying these heavy things and doing these amazing things, whether it's inspiring, and I look at the people in my life that are inspiring and I feel like are so brave and so courageous in what they're doing and the effort that it puts in. And then I started thinking, okay, well, when I see somebody that's really brave and courageous, when it's a man, usually men in the world that they're around or even females to the man they really respond to when they only show the highs. They really respond to showing the successes and the milestones. Um, You know, I see this in the men in my life. It's like, I just saw somebody squat that. I'm going to squat that too. Yes, that's the motivation that I needed to get my ass up and going. But I find on the reverse with females, there tends, and this is maybe more, generic of masculine energy and feminine energy, not necessarily thinking of male, female, uh, because we all have a little bit of both. With females, it tends to be more, you know, that's great that that person did that, but I'm only impressed by when I see that person fail, or I'm only going to kind of let that person in my circle if I feel like they're relatable, and the relatability comes from showing the fails. And 
I just think that's so interesting because, and it was kind of proof in the pudding when I posted that, I had at least four people message me saying, you know, I'm so glad you shared this quote of how heavy it is because, you know, I get so discouraged. And when you share that it's heavy, it's, it's inspiring to know that I'm not alone. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But that is my point mm-hmm. of do, why do we, and at what line does that become, is that beneficial? And where can we notice in our life where it's not beneficial that we look for the flaws in other women in order to, you know, feel like we can see them eye to eye. And I see this because, and I say this, the reason it bothers me is because the amount, no matter where we're at in our society and how we are improving, the competitiveness and the nature of female to female is still the worst it's ever been. And I get so upset by it because it feels so wrong when you know the collaboration for example our retreat and your Nikau talks and your retreats the things that happen when females mm-hmm. look at females in their power yeah. versus in their weakness magic happens magic fucking happens so it's like well I just needed that conversation to start because one the first place I started was saying okay where in my life do I do that and the only thing that I could do was start with animals because that's how everything starts (laughs) for me. So I started studying about animals and the first one was looking at lions and really seeing lions being kind of my animal of the year. I am a, you know, of course I just saw Lion King. (laughs) I've watched every documentary that's on National Geographic or Netflix about lions. Um, If you really want to see the truth about lions, go watch Savage Kingdom. Do not watch it with kids. It is, it will make you cry. So it's, you know, looking at how lions are with female lions to female lions. First off, female lions do it all. There's not one thing that they don't do. They feed the, feed everybody. They feed the family. They hunt. They find the places to go. They run shit. Unfortunately, Lion King really missed the ball on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you see these female lions just running shit in real life and it's incredible. And you say, okay, well, How do they relate to each other? If there's one male and there's still a bunch of females, how do they communicate and connect? And they, especially when it's not in times of scarcity, most of the time they are, like they will feed each other's young. So there's no scarcity. Everyone can have babies. Take care of my baby. Take care of your baby. All in it together. And then I started, okay, well, what's the opposite? And I looked at um, wolves, and wolves were the most contrasting because there is only so much room. The more mouths to feed, the more problems they have. So there is always a fight, not just for the alpha male, who is going to be the one that procreates, but the alpha female, who's going to be the one that procreates. And nobody talks about this, and it's fascinating. These guys study these the same tribe, you can follow their journey and it's, they just all have names. They all have, you know, kind of this hierarchy of who is, they all know from A to Z where they stand in line. And as soon as it's time for the alpha female to make, you know, the decision to be made, the turn on each other is ruthless and it it's, could not be more collaborative, but it's because it's the scarcity versus abundance, right? And I, it was like, oh, my God. You know, no matter how we say we've, we're that much different than animals, at our core, are we that different? Because I see this all the time. 
And I just, I'm rambling, you just, so. You are not rambling. You just answered, I think, your own question. Um, so if I can provide purely just a reflection <laughs> of, of, of hearing that is uh, what happens with women when they're in abundance, right? When there's, where all basic needs are taken care of, where there's no threat, they're enormously collaborative. And then what you shared was about the wolves is that in comes power struggles. So power struggles enter when basic needs are not attended to and therefore conflict and competition is, is what arises. And that's one of the things that um, I've certainly experienced in facilitating, you know, women's only education program is I've become, you know, the conductor of the giant social experiment within my profession of what is it like when I just put women in a room and create a safe environment safety being one of our basic needs, and then ask for very intelligently, you know, and, and based on the research of what we know of, like, asking for vulnerability, providing a space for vulnerability. Women will inherently be vulnerable in a space of safety. Mm-hmm. And then what comes from that vulnerability is that relatability, is connection, is collaboration, is mm-hmm. your child is my child, your need is my need, when you win, I win, and all of a sudden, a, there's a paradigm shift. The paradigm shift is, wow, women will always make room at the top. Men, on the other hand, see power differently. Whereas, well, if I lose my seat at the top, or if someone else comes to the top, means I'm losing my seat at the top. Mm. Women don't see it that way. A woman's psyche sees it as, when I win, you win. When you win, I win. This is so good because I wanted, this is all the questions. This is perfect. This is so much better than I could have ever done. Okay, so basic needs, if you listed those off, what would those be? Uh, Shelter, food, safety, tribe. Connection. Connection. So then what happens, and this is the, where I see things maybe where we all can improve on, is where vulnerability comes before basic needs are met. Because in your safe space, it's like, can you flip that and it still be something beautiful and powerful? Or does it become a place where, uh, okay, does this make sense? Where, let me know if this is, this is on track. Because what immediately pops to mind is this duality of feeling superior and feeling inferior. So insecurity would be the theme here or the umbrella topic. And what we know to be true is we're, Inferiority lives, superiority lives, and where superiority lives, inferiority lives. So if we're in the gym and we see someone, another female, like, crushing, does that make us feel inferior? Mm -hmm. Because that means that somewhere in our life, we need to feel superior. Mm -hmm. And when we surrender into everyone having a unique experience and our only responsibility is to reach our own potential and give to the world that way, then that might be the disarming factor. Like, that might be, well, when vulnerability has to be exposed before I'm, you know, going to feel motivated, that's the whole thing of, like, well, somewhere I've put you on a pedestal. And a dear friend of mine when I was in chiropractic school said, "Mm, like, be careful to never put anyone on a pedestal because it's a long way for them to fall. Because we're all 
the hu- our humanness will di- will disappoint eventually. Yes, this is know. the up and down. Like, oh wow, they do have a down. Well, it and this is something you know, kind of with this and maybe tangent into this is really the, all of this kind of spun into one big conversation that I wanted to have because there was an, a, re, a recent post saying we want you know, if something triggers you, just unfollow them. And I've heard that so many times where it's like, if something bothers you, just hit unfollow or mute them. And at some point, and I even said this in a former podcast with Chrissy King of, you know, temporarily while you are working on something very specific, whether it's body image or going to the gym and you just need some time off. Like I totally get that. But I think people misuse this because what happens in a world that's already separating us from people that do not agree with our values in a world of algorithms and data and segmenting people, just look at the political world, right? Your Facebook, if you're a liberal, looks completely different if you're a conservative. Nobody can argue that. So if we're saying that that's the case, why are we consider like, why, why are we bubbling ourselves even more, right? So I feel very, I feel like cruise control comes from when you see something that triggers you and not truly dealing with it, just doing the easy easy kind of like the easy button of unfollow Mm -hmm. or mute because you are channeling yourself into you're jumping into a pigeonhole that's completely made for you and I just think that's so frustrating is as somebody that's like you know I and I I know I'm we're both guilty of this at some point right and I'm gonna always try to see myself first before pointing fingers but it's like why are we so quick to say that our vulnerability is not allowing us to express our insecurities or like if I feel insecure, I will avoid facing the root of why I'm insecure and I will label it as that person just doesn't feel real to me or isn't vulnerable enough for me or isn't speaking enough to me, but not getting to the root of the issue of that insecurity. So I think what you said was perfect of like inferior, superior, where do you see that in your life? Um, but I just see it all the time. It just drives me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, it's ju- I mean, what jumps out is like that judgment. It's like, well, judgment can only occur in reference to us to a point, right? Mm-hmm. And so in this case, the point is what we're judging something against is me. It's like, oh, they're this too much of that for me. They're too much of this for me. And it's like hello, common denominator, it's me. So that's an invitation to be like, well, why does that bother me? Mm. Is this actually something that I truly believe or is this something that's culturally being handed down to me? Is this something that's familial and it's being handed down to me? Is this something that I've, you know, somehow picked up along the way? Because when, I mean, certainly I wasn't awake my whole life of being like, hmm, how do I feel about that, you know? And like, will I keep that? Will I not? It's like, no, most of us have gone through the majority of our life being programmed and conditioned. Mm -hmm. And then we get to a point in our life where we're like, oh, actually, you know, I don't believe that. Yeah. And therefore, how I'm responding to that person or that situation could be different. And that's the that's the the process of coming into alignment with actually where where you truly what you truly believe yeah and I think maybe that's just like if you feel really stuck and crazy in this mercury retrograde and you don't feel like anything's new in this new moon 
before like pulling more tarot cards or going to your next, you know, whatever it might be, workouts aren't going to save your life. Like, you know, that's probably the thing that's just been so helpful is like the more I internally look, the more everything in my life expands. And I have, I wanted to read, remember that quote that, remember I read this one the other day? I think I want to end with this, although I have no idea how to say her name. Nisargadatta Maharaj. <laughs> That's the best I could do. I will quote, quote this out. I'll put this in the tea time Tuesday. Um, be true to your own self. Love yourself absolutely. Do not pretend that you love others as yourself. Unless you have realized them as one with yourself, you cannot love them. Don't pretend to be what you are not. Don't refuse to be what you are. Your love of others is the result of self-knowledge, not its cause. Without self-realization, no virtue is genuine. When you know beyond all doubting that the same life flows through all that is and you are that life, you will then love all naturally and spontaneously. Isn't that so beautiful? Oh, I feel so hippie and new moon today. But oh we're, we're just hippying up this making oh. it hippie so much. Thanks so much for doing this. Mm. I For all my listeners, I'm pulling, um, speaking of tarot cards, I'm pulling August. Every month I'm going to start doing in the Empowered Facebook group pull a tarot card and it last ones were so dead on so i'm excited to do a new moon tarot card august the best month of the year even though i'm not a leo but there might be some maybe in there the lion (laughs) i think so it is the year of the lion so all my leos happy birthday um dr lauren thank you so much for being a part of this conversation everyone i would love to hear from you so again it's support at emilyshraum.com Or if you get my newsletter, if you just reply to the newsletter, I get it as well. Have a great, 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 great Wednesday. And hopefully I get to see you on my Facebook Live for an incredible start to our August.